Why Nickens? Bernard pulls the trigger. And this is a brand. Nickens is a brand. Allen Houston. Nickens means Lord. Once a neck, always a neck. You are now listening to the Nickish Show. You got your boys Mo and Nafi here on this December 19th, 2020. Holidays are almost up. Happy times coming up. The NBA season is around the corner. And, you know, we're all here to, to listen and talk about New York Knicks and NBA basketball. And I don't know, man, I don't know about you, man, but it feels really good to be a Knicks fan, you know, this morning. I don't know how long it's going to last, but after seeing last nope. night's game, it's going go good. But, you know, I, how you doing today? <laughs> Not bad, bro. To be a Knicks fan, it just feels good after that win. You know what I mean? Like, good is a relative term. But, um, yeah, I mean, we're going to get right into some game. Uh, a lot of Knicks fans are going crazy. Like, I'm happy as shit, too. But, like, I'm, I'm here to kind of maybe not rain on the parade, but just kind of dampen the enthusiasm and just remind everybody that we were playing the Cleveland, like, uh, second string and bench warmers. Like, <laughs> they definitely got two white guys that were in these last two preseason games that I swear to God, they got straight from, like, Staples. You know what I mean? Like, dude had the fucking <laughs> Staples vest on and at the fucking register. It's like, yo, you, <laughs> you're tall. <laughs> we need some bodies. Like, I mean, like, I don't know who they are, like Dean Wade. You know what I mean, that name sounds made up. <laughs> sounds like a generic, like, uh, 2K, <laughs> 2K player. Name. You know what I mean? Like, Dean Wade, someone named Paul Mooney. I swear to God, that's like <laughs> Matt Mooney that's, or that some shit. I don't know. Matt Mooney, my friend. There you go. Don't I, get the name wrong. That don't, Matt Mooney. That don't sound like a 1950s comedian to you. Like, <laughs> Matt, Mo- Matt Mooney's on the, on next, up next on Johnny Carson show. <laughs> like, what are, you, what are we talking about here? But no, nah, it was. To bef- like to stop dampening the enthusiasm, I do. Th- I I thought it was amazing. What quickly look like um, mm. it just feels like, like we finally not that we have a st- point guard, not that we have a point guard of the future, but we have a young point guard that doesn't have any fucking straight up ugly like weakness in his game that just completely cancels out whatever good. You know what I mean? Like with Frank for years now, like he had the defense, but he didn't really have the handle. He didn't have the shot, and he didn't have the aggressiveness. Dennis, he had the athleticism and explosiveness, but he didn't have the brains or the basketball IQ. He didn't have the jumper. You know what I mean? With IQ, it's like, okay, he's an elite shooter that is also, you know what I mean, good at drawing fouls. And in the modern NBA, that's like that's like a great fucking package to have, at least as like a combo guard off the bench. So like, I want to hear your takes on IQ first, but like, would you agree with that estimation? It just feels like not to get too off, too like off the tracks and like anoint him the chosen one. You know what I mean? The next point guard we've been needing for years because I've seen a lot of that in the last twenty four oh, hours. Yeah, like forty eight hours. You know what I mean, it's just Knicks fans that I just like get too enthusiastic. I, I dig, I dig the, uh, I dig the enthusiasm, but it's like oh, let's let's not embarrass ourselves. You know what I mean? Right. But yeah, go ahead. <laughs> Yo, the most obscene tweet I saw was, yo, we finally got the best point guard since Clyde Frazier, yo. <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, yo, we deserve a W. We deserve to be happy and excited for our team. But, like, let's hope that that tweet isn't the one that gets, like, a thousand retweets. Um, 
I swear to God, no, we've seen tweets like that when Tony Douglas went off for like eight threes one game. You're like, oh, yo, point guard problem solved. And then what happened? He just became Tony Douglas. So let's let, <laughs> let's take our foot off the gas. But like, yeah, right. not to cut you off. Go ahead. Go ahead. And I think, you know, I think it's important to make to note that this is kind of like a bubble game again. There's no fans. There's no, there's no actual true spotlight on players. So what they're doing is they're just focused on the game and, you know, their strategy and their plays and all. They're not worried about the way fans are reacting, and I think that's important. That's why when Emmanuel quickly is playing well, so is Kevin Knox, which is very refreshing to see. He dropped like six to seven from three last night, <clears throat> and it's I, I think I think it, a, a huge part of it is a bubble effect. These these are young kids who aren't you know being affected by other you know hundreds of thousands of people reacting to every move that they do. But you know that being said, Emmanuel quickly is doing exactly what point guard should be doing, uh, which is driving in, passing at the right time. He has a nice floater game too. He was actually, I think he was like in the 81th percentile or something. Shout out to Nick's Film School because they they actually made that point last night uh, in their breakdown. But 81 percent from all college players last season. He has a nice he has a nice floater game. Is something that you know opponents should be respecting when he drives in, and then when they look in the other way, he puts up an alley for either Mitch or Obi. Um, I like, I like Emmanuel a lot. And I think, um, you know, player comparison is Lou Williams and he plays he some defense. Too, right? Yeah. He, I, yeah. He and I, after Lou Will and CJ McCollum. I mean, right. And those are two, two of his favorite players that he mentioned. Um, and if he's, if that's what he's trying to go for shit, you know, that's, that's something that'd be great for the Knicks. I think if anything, I would prefer, IQ to be with Knox as much as possible. If that means both of them being the first guys off the bench, I'm cool with that. You know, um, I think starting point guard wise, they don't need to have the most minutes. You know, if it has to be Alfred, if it has to be DSJ, let them get their first like 10 minutes or so and then give the majority of the rest of the quarters to IQ and let Knox be wide open and shoot his threes. He doesn't need to be, you know, KD and pull up from the, from the three on three guys anymore. Uh, we don't need to see summer highlights anymore. Thank God, bro. You know how many times that show's coming from the TL? Nonstop. Bro. 2018 summer league highlights. Kevin Knox <laughs> in 2020 December. I, I was so sick and tired of seeing that. I feel you, bro. And it's like the point you made about just like there being much less pressure because of like, you know, nobody in the fucking stands. You know what I mean? Like the exact person I was going to mention in regards to that point is not IQ, but Knox himself. You know what I mean? Because like mm-hmm. the thing about Knox is he's just. For years now, it's just like for the last couple of years, honestly. Um, I don't want to make it seem like he's been here for a minute, even though it feels like um he has dude got drafted two years ago. But the thing we've mentioned for these last two years, he just seems so shy and timid. You know, what I mean it's, he's got kind of that Frank effect. But the thing about Frank's, it was almost like a Dr. Jekyll, Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde thing going on. Cause like Frank would be timid as shit on offense, but like you wouldn't see that on defense. Knox was just timid all around. There'll be moments, especially like in his second season last year, when teams realized he just stunk as a defender and they would attack him, and you would just see him looking demoralized. You know what I mean? Like I'm not, I'm not one of them fans that like think they're pseudo body language experts. You know what I mean? Like Bill Simmons loved to do that shit, even though he fucking got a liberal liberal arts degree. I don't know where the fuck he thought that he could do that, <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like I'm not gonna be like them, but it's like you could just tell certain moments where like his confidence was not like exuberantly like present. But then these last two games from Knox, it's like we're seeing it, you know? Like um we're seeing more confidence and because it, the confidence just comes from just how well he's playing and which you made the point about like the K D shots and pull up Jays, you know what I mean? Like I bring up a Tibbs quote from training camp. He's just like, yo, when he takes good shots, he makes them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like so if Knox 
can just take these spot up shots and make them consistently and just not be a train wreck on defense, which to be honest with you, he hasn't been looking like that train wreck our defense. You know what I mean? Like yeah, if he can just do that on a minimum, he's a much better player and it's going to foretell some good fortunes for our squad this season, you know? And the thing that I really think uh, plays into like your point about IQ that needs to stick with Knox. I think it's just like what's done a disservice to Knox, especially the last two years is like inconsistent point guard play. You know what I mean? Like sure. Alfred, like, a, a guy like that needs somebody to feed him the ball at the right spots. You know what I mean? Be able to like, um, not look him off, not freeze him out. And like IQ, he's got more of a point guard mentality than I feel like all the other point guards. And it's also because he has that jump shot that the defenses have to respect. As much as Peyton wants to be like uh, the pure point guard that sets the table, that can only go so far through his career because of how bad his jumper is you know what i mean like they'll give him like a whole 12 feet of space runway that just condenses the court it just and makes it harder to like for the actual scorers on the team to get their breathing room you know what i mean with iq that ain't an issue because like i said he's he seems like an elite shooter i know it's kind of a stretch to maybe say that in preseason but that's his reputation coming in you know what i mean so i dig that idea of just like playing knocks with him often but at this point, like, is there a reason not to just play, like, IQ as a starter? Because I want to bring up, like, our other youngin, the one that's, yo, RJ, he's looking like exactly what we want him and need him to look like. He's looking like that number three pick that's going to be, like, I don't want to say superstar, but he's, like, on track to be an all-star. Because at the age of 20, look what he's doing in the preseason so far. And, yeah, caveat, there's no there's no fans in the stands, yada, yada, yada. But I don't think that RJ is the type of player where that would have too much of an effect. Because I feel like he would have been doing this in front of roaring fans and i think rj is the type where he's probably even better in front of fans because he's that much like he just seems like that kind of a killer you know the crowd. yeah exactly you know what i mean so um my point with that is bringing up rj is just like i think you start iq you start rj and just if they want to keep randall you know what i mean they want to bring burks on the starting and then start noel make those be the three vets while we have a young backcourt i think that could work and peyton like I think the key with him, if we're going to have Randall and Payne both on our rotation, they got to play minimal minutes together. You know what I mean? Could just bogs down the entire offense. So you put Payton on the bench, let him be the set that, that second union point guard that can push the pace. You know what I mean? Payton, for some Payton. reason, just. Okay. Who, yeah, who's, just picking, who's the second union point guard that you just said? What do you mean? Who Who's the one that's going to push the. Push yeah, Payton, Payton, Payton. I'm saying put him on the bench. Let him be the second right. unit point guard that pushes the pace. You know what I mean? Like, right. um, and what I was going to say with that is just like pushing the pace hasn't been his style so far we've seen, but that's because we play almost all his minutes with Randall. You know what I mean? They they get on the court. They have like a bromance that just like bogs on the entire offense mm-hmm. and they like slow shit down. You know what I mean? But if you separate them and just tell Payton, like, yo, play play fast pace, make sure our shooters get the shots. You know what I mean? And the second unit could be Knox. It could be Obi, obviously. Obi, Knox, Peyton, and like, let's say Reggie Bullock. You know what I mean? And uh, Mitch off the bench. I think that could work. It's much better than putting Randall and Peyton together on the court so many times. But I just went on a whole long-winded rant. But like, I I want to circle back to the main point. I think IQ, if anything, he's earned the starting spot. And Tibbs is the kind of coach, I don't think that he's like just saying shit to say shit. If he's saying, like, you got to earn your minutes, like, what more can IQ do to earn his minutes? Because from all reports, he's also doing this level of play in practice as well. You know what I mean? So you I ready think- to start IQ, basically, mm-hmm. is my point or my question, really. 
few few things, right? I think the last uh, the two games where IQs and playing exceptionally well are against the Cavs bench. The Cavs are already mm-hmm. one of the worst teams on the East, and they're playing their bench. And this is really the first time he's playing in the NBA. He hasn't really been scouted, you know. So I think once actual teams play against them, we're not obviously not going to see this level of play. May or maybe we will, you know. Um, I think I think one of the biggest players that we're not really thinking about at the moment because of IQ's ex- sudden you know rise to the scene is Frank. And it sucks to hear that he has a, an Achilles, you know, pain or whatever the fuck or Achilles related issue. And Dennis Smith Jr. is still on the team. And I obviously he lost his starting position yesterday because he hasn't been playing that well offensively, at least. But I do want to see what the outlook is on Frank when he comes back and because he does have that level of defensive ability that, you know, no other guards on the team has quite yet. Um, Mm. You know, that being said, I think Knox, if he plays the way he's playing yesterday and the, and the game before, he's going to be a really important player on the team as someone who can hopefully consistently drop the three. He did, he was six for seven in one night is no joke. And the fact that he did it in back to back games, dropping at least four threes, I think he's done that twice the, the season before. I've, somebody tweeted it four, four threes in two games all of last season. He just did it back to back. If that's something that he can do consistently, he is going to be one of the most important players. Bullock is, has been garbage for the most part of this preseason. He might be able to be that guy who's going to be relied upon to drop three, and he might need quickly by his side to do it. It seems like it's a one-two effect with these guys. I don't think R.J. Barrett necessarily needs quickly. I think we've seen before that he and Frank get along really well on the court at the same time. We might be able to have them play together. But, yeah, I don't think anybody wants the Alfred and Randall play uh simultaneously i think i think everybody's on the same page for that my one kind of like pushback on just like we don't need to see like I, my whole idea with rj and making sure they play, play as much together is just because rj's game is predominantly based on like him having the ball in his hands you know what i mean and being able to go to work you know what i mean we've seen that that like he's improved in our guard is he's playing with more control you know what i mean and i feel like having that elite shooter iq being his running mate as much as possible is just going to open up the space for him. It just goes back to the whole idea of just like we built our team so poorly last year by drafting a kid that in in his entire history as a young player is like he thrives with the ball in his hand as a playmaker, as a scorer, you know what I mean? And he doesn't really – going into the season last year, RJ didn't really have that consistent jumper. But now, like that jumper looks improved, especially free throw form rise. So I think instead of just – putting these shackles on him by con- playing him with like Peyton and Randall in the starting lineup or even yeah. Frank. Cause let's be honest after four years and like, yeah, he's injured now. Um, but his jumper still isn't to the level that quickly is in is just coming into the league. So I'd rather play quickly together with RJ as much as possible because that jumper is just going to open up more space for RJ. And just the very fact that IQ like, out of all the point guards we has, he does this one simple thing I noticed in these last two games that like I don't see consistently from the other point guards. And that's literally when he runs, try when he sets up the offense and he's trying to run the primary like action and it's not there, he'll swing the ball to the other side. I like yesterday a picture perfect moment of that was like the action wasn't there. He took to he looked to his right side, he passed it to RJ. RJ set up a secondary pick and roll with Mitch mm-hmm. and we mm-hmm. got a bucket. You know what I mean? I don't remember who got the bucket, but we got the bucket. You know what I mean? That's I'm just like the alley oop with RJ and Mitch. That probably was exactly what I'm talking about. You know what I mean? Really but like, 
Yeah, so like, and that's just simple basketball. Like, yo, you don't have the primary action. You don't have like the point guard can't get his pick and roll or they cut it off. IQ is smart enough to bring it back out, throw it to the other side. What we see with Dennis is like when he doesn't see the primary action, he'll pick up his dribble and then like the defense scrambles to him and he'll have to pass it. And like we're on our heels. The offense is on our heels. But with IQ, a simple move like that, a simple read like that just kept the defense on their heels. You know what I mean? And what we're saying for a while now is if is if RJ isn't the primary creator, he's gonna be at least an elite secondary creator. And for right. that to happen, a secondary creator needs to get the ball in that kind of situation. And I think that IQ, literally, like not, no pun intended, from from IQ, <laughs> that IQ from IQ was a good sign. You know what I mean? Yeah, he quickly <laughs> doing it, right? <laughs> hey, yo, he quickly showing so much IQ. I don't even know. <laughs> So many oh, dad jokes, my god. <laughs> he, he, he the man of the team, he quickly get in there. <laughs> Cho. <laughs> uh yeah, said, I mean the man of the team. <laughs> uh it, I don't even know why the Knicks had to re-sign Alfred Payne. I mean, I I guess I get it because we didn't know quickly it was gonna be at the level that he is right now, you know, a couple yeah. months back. I don't know. Uh, my hope is that Alfred and Randall aren't on the team in a couple of months. Maybe they might be packaged off for like cash. Who knows? Um, I mean, on that note, though, like I know yeah. you want to maybe want to pivot it, but I wanted to say about Randall, like he looked better yesterday. Yeah, what eight assists? And to be honest with you, I think he fucking noticed, especially after like the game prior when Tibbs benched him after that bullshit ass fucking dribbling three fucking defenders. That even Clyde was like, "Yep, oh, this is why his teammates don't like." <laughs> No, he said fans. He said fans. He didn't say teammates. He just oh, said he wants fans. And I don't know. So, you know, Clyde got a burner account somewhere out there if he knows all this information. Uh, yeah, got there are a couple of things that he was saying that night. No, but what happened with the first game was Clyde's like, I don't understand why fans don't like him. And then he had the revelation literally midway through the preseason. He's like, oh, I see it now. You know what I mean? Like, it wasn't 82 games last season, wasn't enough. I'll give Clyde yeah. some uh, leeway because he's old. You know what I mean? Memories tends to fade at the old age. No shot to Clyde. But he realized. He's like, okay, yeah, this this, this is what the issue is. But fast forward to last night, we didn't, I didn't see that much like some that, that typical Randall bullshit. Like, yeah, there was some mad frustrating moments. But then when those frustrating moments that happened, I literally was like, what the fuck is he doing? Then I look at the score. I was like, okay, we up 35. It don't matter. You know what I mean? But like with it in a bad context, if we were in a competitive game, I would be so fucking pissed at Randall in these moments. But we didn't see that much. And I think it's just literally because Tibbs benched him and he got scared. You know what I mean? Like he just realized, oh, shit, I'm actually, I actually actually have a coach that's going to hold me accountable. You know what I mean? Like, so we didn't see that much selfish play. And he actually fit in with what these young kids was doing, which is real simple, like, yo, pass if you don't got the play, quick, 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 uh, quick swing passes, quick moves, you know what I mean? And not no, not no holding the ball and being sticky with it, you know what I mean? Like, right. so I want to give Randall credit for that. Maybe he got scared straight, but, yeah, the, think, the key thing with Ra- Max, last point, the key thing with Max and Randall, that I'm every Knicks fan is convinced of, but, like, he's just more further proof last night, keep him and Peyton separated, you know what I mean? Either one of those two has to go on the bench. You know I mean, that's my that's that's the one takeaway I've gotten so far in these last two games. But yeah, I'll let you take it over. I think Randall's. I think the most important revelation for him is that he's not the best player on the team. I think that's what he thought, and that's why he felt entitled to the basketball at most points of the game when he's on the court. Uh, even though he does get his assist numbers, I think I think credit should be given where what is due. I think most of this preseason he's been fine. 
He's been good. He, was, he has been as frustrating, I think, when he does those, when he has those one or two couple of moments per game where he does something, he gets exacerbated to a crazy point because it ends up looking like he's coming at the expense of RJ, who everybody believes should be the man of the team. And it looks like, or it feels like, our, uh, Julius is holding him back from getting to that point. So I think I that's wanna, why... Real quick, I want to do pushback on that because he has looked like trash for these last... Like, going into that Cleveland game, he still looked like the typical Randall. You know what I mean? That's my point. It's just like, he, it's still there. It's just like, the, the thing you made about, like, he'll rack up these assists. Like, let me put an example. It's just like, when Toppin is in, he won't get the assists that Randall will get, but he'll make the smarter passes. He'll make the quicker passes. Randall gets his assists by dominating the ball for, like, three, four, five seconds at a time per possession and just, like, driving in and then kicking it out. You know what I mean, and like a sloppy kick out pass that like the shooter has to like extend him overextend himself to catch. You know what I mean? Like there's a difference between racking up assists, being a, like was a the writer for the Boston Globe, legendary NBA writer, uh, Bob Bryan. He's like he coined the term selfish assist uh, selfish assist guy for Rondo. I'm applying that to Rondo. He's a selfish assist guy. He's not like a pure playmaker, a smart playmaker. He's going to rack up his assists to make his stat line look better. It's the same kind of principle with fucking Canner. Canner will put up these box score numbers that the casual look at, you know what I mean, and be like, oh, yo, he, he's a good player. He had a good game. Even though if you watch the game, I wanna, you want to rip your fucking hair out because he plays like a fucking dumbass. That's how Randall is, you know what I mean, to be honest with you. like Right. No, I'm what I'm saying, I mean, I'm surprised he didn't use Russell Westbrook as an example because uh, that's that's like prime, you know, stat just padding. Uh, like all the assists it's came like, off like ball. Ball. I'm not a Westbrook fan, but he'll at least like, you know what I mean? Like take his team to a winning level. You know what I mean? We haven't seen that from yeah. Randall Pierce, you know, but yeah, go ahead, go ahead. What I'm saying is that like, we saw, we've seen a full season with him and there's so many frustrating moments, but these, this preseason, especially the last game and maybe the game before yet, yeah, it wasn't to that level. I think that second Detroit game, we saw everything that he was last season. Uh, that first game, he was pretty frustrating, but he did get that last bucket. But, I mean, at the end of the day, I, I think everybody wants Randall off this team. I think, I, again, I think the prime thing is that he needs to be told and realize that he is not the best player on this team, even though he's getting paid the most, and that RJ is the guy and that he shouldn't be taking shots away from RJ Barrett. That's what it is. Uh, real quick, I wanted to make a point, uh, two more points. Um, quickly was known as a turnover machine in college, and the past couple of games, he's been holding the ball really well. Uh, I think he's had only two turnovers. To in two games uh, each, and I think that's that's huge for him. Uh, that's something that was one of his, uh, you know, well, that was one of the most points, main points against him. And the other stat that I just noticed real quick is uh, Mitch played 27 minutes and had zero personal fouls, which looks great. He looked fucking amazing, bro. Mitch just looked like, yeah, I want to, this is going to be a whole rant that I've been kind of just uh, bottling up to fellow Knicks content creators. Like I'm not gonna call him out by name, but it's just like people out there that just still like for what he is, and like yo, he needs to get a jump on like a offensive game. Like, oh, shut the fuck up, like Mitch right now, and just like if he sticks to this fucking prototype of what he is, an elite limb rim runner with elite defensive chops that can also defend out to the perimeter, he could add nothing else to his offensive game. That's a high value piece in the NBA. You know what I mean? I'm saying this to all the Knicks fans out there that are even still have any kind of skepticism towards Mitch. Like, shut the fuck up. You're an idiot. You know what I mean? Like, you have no idea what the fuck the NBA is if you look at Mitch and, like, I don't see him as a cornerstone. I don't see him as, like, he needs to do X, Y, Z. He needs to have a jumper. He needs to have handles. Like, shut up. 
shut the fuck up. Like, uh, like Clyde himself yesterday said it. The only thing he really needs is a consistent hook shot with his right and left hand. Like, you want him to be fucking Akeem Olajuwon. You want him to be like, just because you've seen fucking Bam be a point center, you're like, all right, that's the standard for all NBA centers out. No. The, why Bam is special is because that's a rarity. You know what I mean? Him and Jokic are the only types that can do that. That doesn't mean like, yo, every fucking NBA center that has to come up right now needs to be the same way. Like, I've been holding this shit in because I'm seeing literally our fellow, like, some stupid motherfuckers literally out there just being like yeah I, I don't believe in mitch as a, as a piece for us you know what i mean like um i don't want to pay him because he's not gonna uh, improve yo like clint capella literally got paid what was it like 17 mil and at the time it was seen as an underpay you know why because those that know fucking basketball knows if you have an elite defensive anchor that also puts immense pressure on the rim anytime he's on the court by being a rim runner that's worth paying you know what i mean so like mm-hmm. I just want to like call that shit out because it's it's enough of that shit. Because yesterday, the only thing Mitch really needs to work on, like to your point, is the foul oh. trouble. That's mm-hmm. that's discipline, and we've got the most disciplined defensive coach in like from the last decade. You know what I mean? Like I need to, I need that shit to just stop. Like yo, just smarten yourself up as a fucking Knicks fan. If you have any kind of skepticism towards Mitch and be like, yo, he needs to be like he needs to be fucking Marcus All in the post. He needs to be like the dude we could throw down. No. We don't need that. <laughs> it's fucking NBA in 2020, bro. Like, some of these Knicks fans need to get their ass out the fucking 90s. It's enough. Like, I'm going to stop now. All right? That's, that's, that's my rant because it's enough. You got, uh, you got, if you got any residue left in there, to let it all out. <laughs> Yo, uh, tell me not, though. You've seen the same shit, right? You've seen yeah. people out there. Not the smart Knicks, Knicks content creators we follow. There's, just, there's people out there that have this skepticism about Mitch that just does not make any fucking sense. Like you I'd rather be- not see the dribbling highlights. I'd rather not see the exactly. three highlights at all. I The hook shots are all he needs just in case he can dunk it in, and that's it. <laughs> now, with, I'm with you 100%. Why add fastest to his game when he's not – when he could be the 95th percentile of so many of the more important things in the NBA? He could be the best cent- defensive center in the NBA. He yeah, has that kind of potential. Another more point I want to make, people are just like, oh, he needs to add a three-point shot. Like, no, the fuck he yeah. doesn't. Just because you see fucking Brooke Lopez add a jumper and, like, be of value does not mean that's, like, the standard for all NBA uh, point guards. You know what I mean? Like, these dudes that adds jumper, like uh, Marcus Gasol, Brooke Lopez, who are they playing next to? You know what I mean? Like, Lopez is playing next to Giannis, who is one of the best rim protectors and defensive anchors in the fucking league. Lopez is a, a great shot blocker himself, but he's there to complement that major piece. Mitch is not a complimentary piece to a star, you know what I mean? So what he doesn't need that three-point shot. All he needs to do is do what he's been doing, like lead the fucking NBA in tr- true shooting percentage because he cannot be stopped at the rim. You know what I mean? Like that in itself, I go back to what Spolster always used to say about Tyson Chandler. That vertical spacing, always having that big man out there that could just catch a lob out of the fucking blue whenever, you know what I mean? That's highly valuable to an offense, you know what I mean? But then we got dumb, casualized Knicks fans that don't fucking do any fucking real fucking like engagement with actual scouting reports in the modern NBA that are stuck in the 90s are just like, I don't see it with Mitch. He's just a rim runner. He's just a shot blocker. What are you talking about? So you, you just said like, oh, like exclude the two things he does immensely well. He's just nothing. You can say that about literally everybody. Yo, you take away all of AD's fucking like uh, uh, his skills. He's just a nobody. What, what kind of thinking are we here now? You know what I mean? Like, and it's like people forget the context that he didn't play college ball. He barely played high school ball. You know what I mean? He's a raw mound of clay that has shown elite defensive chops, and he's with one of the greatest defensive coaches of all time right now. 
and people are talking about like, yeah, I don't worry, but I don't, I don't want to pay him. You know what I mean, I don't, I don't know about paying Mitch. I don't know about him being a cornerstone. Like, shut up. Like, enough of that. Yeah, that's my rant. <laughs> um, that's the thing, right? If you're elite at certain skills, you want to make sure you are the best at the skills that you have before you even want to think about adding other skills. You know what I mean? And again, like I mentioned before, Mitch has the potential to be the best at what he does. He's not quite there yet, but he absolutely 100% has the potential to be the most efficient player in the NBA. He literally just broke the record last season. If he can do that at a consistent basis, we're talking about historic numbers here. And if he can be the best interior defender in the NBA, that's something that most players can't be. He doesn't need to add a three-point shot. He doesn't need to add a jump shot. He just needs to be able to add the potential to find one or two more ways of scoring, and that's post hooks or whatever, you know, or, you know, just being able to put on some weight and, just bully people a little bit while he has a ball inside. That's that's really all he has to do. But you know yep. that's, that's what we're here for, right? We're we're the non-expert kids, but we're trying to uh you know spread more awareness to the masses because of dumb shit like this. I got I got to make a point. Like we're not even kids no more because like compared to all the nah, other insight we're hearing from our, I'm saying like my point is like compared to all the insight, the childish insight we're hearing from these casual Knicks fans, we're not kids compared to them. You know what I mean? Yeah. That's my point. <laughs> you know what oh, I mean? Man. Like, man, a lecture these grown ass men that are just like, yeah. I mean, what if Mitch is just Rudy Gobert, Clint Capella? Like these do, like those two do- names they just named are are haven't been high level contributors to winning consistently, winning teams. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> like we're we have the right and the audacity to be fucking picky about that shit. Like casual fans, especially. I brought up Rudy Gobert. I don't fuck with him personality-wise, especially after COVID shit. But you would swear he's fucking Jared Jeffries the way casual fans talk about him. Like, I don't want another yeah. Rudy Gobert. Yo, every time Rudy All-Star. Gobert steps on the floor, yo, every time Rudy Gobert steps on the floor for Utah, they're a better team. Like mm-hmm. the stats bear it out, the eye test bears it out. And okay, he'll run up against matchups in the postseason in the second round that exposes flaws. But yo, I would give up anything at this point for us to have these arguments and stress of the second round matchups with Mitch. You know what I mean? Let's get there first. You know what I mean? Before we fucking nuke, like launch hit, like hit the fucking launch button on Mitch and get him the fuck out of here. Cause that's what some fans want. And I don't get that shit, bro. Like stop giving Knicks fans a bad name. We are not that dumb collectively. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like, these are the same fans that are always nostalgic for the days that the Knicks were good. And if you look at the last two teams, the Knicks were good in who they had Tyson Chandler and they had Marcus Camby. Like players that Mitch should be looking up to and just kind of mimic their style of play and be better than them because he has that kind of potential. So work with that. Yo, and maybe my like kind of vigor with this kind of rant is just stem from like just like the res- residual PTSD I had from like back then when we did have Tyson. Because even back then, there were fans out there that didn't appreciate what Tyson was doing. That's mm-hmm. why for a while back then, I would say consistently he's the most underrated Nick because casualized Knicks fans, the one that draws of us to make this podcast educate the masses those fans back then were just like oh yeah tyson's a over overpaid bum yo he's an elite rim protector that that was an elite rim runner you know what i mean and like he, he got, got fucking player of the year bro yo and then he had a series where he's fucking like got sick against hibbert and people are like no nah, he's overpaid we like you get this bum out of here like yo stop giving knicks fans a bad name we're doing this shit again six years later with fucking yeah. mitch our own homegrown piece and we're just like I don't want to pay him because he's not like he's not like uh, Hakeem Olajuwon. Like, shut up! Like, legitimately, shut up. And I feel like, um, 
I heard uh, another content creator say this week that like a lot of these fans that are just like are pining for Mitch to get a three point shot. That's certain segment of fans are probably just idiots that are just like, yo, get a three point shot so we can like shit on KP because, oh, we have a better version of you. Like, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> you don't need a three point shot. Like Clyde said it too. Like if anything, he needs like a baby jumper like that. Kylo yeah. Quinn mid range J. You get that. You fine, Mitch. Like because yeah. otherwise improve your strengths like foul less and you are somebody I would be very comfortable paying and keeping on our team for a while. You know what I mean? And you know, low key Tyson Chandler might've been the best signing we had in the last decade. Facts. He, we signed him at a decent amount, but it was a hundred percent worth it. And he did everything we wanted and needed him to do on the Knicks, you know? So I think I can't think of a signing that came out better than him off the top of my head that actually worked out and panned out the way we expected to. He did, he did exactly what he needed to do. Uh, he, on the team. he complimented Melo so well, and that's just the basic idea out of all this. We want to keep Mitch because he compliments RJ because RJ is a playmaker in at his heart. You know what I mean? And what helps a playmaker is having a, a rim-running big man that could catch any and all lobs that has soft hands that like can finish at, in the paint. You know what I mean? That's going to help RJ as the young players. So we, we talk spacing. We talk about modern NBA. It's a 1995 no more, yo. We're not going to throw it to Mitch. Be like, yo, go to work. We're not doing that. <laughs> so stop this <laughs> shit. You know what I mean? I, I keep saying like my rant over, but no, nah, I'm just like every like line I'm throwing in right now is just an ex extra exclamation point on that rant. You know what I mean? Because it's necessary. You know what I mean? Tired of hearing this shit, bro. Like appreciate Mitch for who he is and what he's going to build on and become. You know what I mean? And he gets smarter as a basketball over. You know what I mean? That's my point. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, about our other kids. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, we spoke about quickly. Frank needs to play a little bit more. I, I just hope he's, you know, the injury isn't serious. RJ is looking like a fucking G right now on the court for in the Knicks jersey. I love it. Stone cold killer. I, I can't wait to see what he's going to do this upcoming season. Uh, Mitch, we spoke about. Knox, we spoke about. Well, so we got a stepson out there, you know, doing this. Obi, thing. yo. Obi. Oh, yeah. Obi. Obi. We got to dedicate some good time to Obi right now because I feel like we have it in the previous episodes. So if you want to lead that discussion about our our, our newest but oldest son. <laughs> <laughs> That's so wild, bro. I feel like yeah, the announcers are enjoying old, that shit, bro. too. <laughs> no, I'm saying the announcers. <laughs> Yo, that's what I mean. And the announcers seem to enjoy that shit, too, because the last two games, like, oh, Obi's the oldest one on the court right now. Yo, they like... keep mentioning it every game. <laughs> they mentioned that. They mentioned Bullock is the oldest player on the team. Dude's, like, 28. Right. Um, <laughs> I mean, uh, you know, Toppin has his moments. I think he's letting the game come to him. I think he's had a couple of moments where he had you know, quote unquote rookie moments, which are fine. That's what we're expecting. And, um, you know, I, I, I like what I'm seeing. I hope we can see more of it. Uh, he, he's dry. He's running into the basket at right times, getting a couple of alleys. He's, you know, getting a couple of dunks in doing some right passes. He's not doing anything stupid is what I'm trying to say, which is, which is, you know, always good to see and not to talk about Knox in this moment, but actually in our, on the last show when, uh, you know, it was just me and Sim, he made this interesting point and he's like, you know, if not, if Toppin, first of all, uh, you know, quick question. What's Obi's full name? Do you know? And then Obadiah. Yeah, it is. Okay. All right. I was trying to see if you knew. <laughs> yeah. Don't, don't play on my knowledge. Yesterday I was literally like, I fell asleep reading an athletic article from like February. And I was all about like Obi and his pops. Yeah. I didn't yeah. know his pop was like really like a street ball legend like that. That's wild, yeah. bro. Like Obadiah Toppin. Yeah. I, I love his, yeah, name. his nickname but, is Dunker's Delight, not Obi, but his dad's name. 
big wow. fire. I don't know right. his pops is like six nine two. Like, what the hell? We got the coolest kid in draft apparently. But now, nah, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> You're um, my Sim. Shout out to Sim. So, by the way. Yeah, shout out to Sim. It was a, it was a really good show last time. He dropped a lot of knowledge. And I think this is the one that I took away the most. And it's, you know, Toppin's about to be twenty three years old, and he's a rookie. And if he were to make any mistakes, I think ninety nine percent of fans would just, you know, ch- uh, chalk it up to him being a rookie. You know, if he doesn't drop the points that he needs, he's a rookie. But if he had the kind of games that Kevin Knox had recently, we'd be like, or no, flip that. If Kevin Knox were a rookie, which he could have been because he's younger than Toppin, and he's dropping games like the way he is now in the preseason, what would what would Knicks fans, the same fans who are trying mm-hmm. to game trade it, be saying right now? About Knox? About Knox. Yeah, yo, for a rookie right now. We would have been back in the same wave that we had in Summer League. Like, okay, yo. But on a Kevin crazy Brent. level, we'll be like, bro, he's uh, <laughs> he's about to be all NBA right now. Three point shootout, put him on it. That this is the rookie of the year right here, and it's like, you know, that's that's the thing. Like, right, we we gotta we gotta have patience as a team, and I think with Toppin, we are gonna be patient despite him being older, which is good, uh, which is nice. And I think with Toppin, I'm excited to see. I think it was also cool to see that in the GM polls, he had third as being like most like the chance of being rookie of the year and right. i think in five years they they're saying he's gonna be the best rookie from this class yo i mean i want i don't know i mean yo if these executives say it then shit i'll put some weight to that but like yeah to your point like just dropping the article or name dropping the article i just uh, mentioned reading last night um what i what i took away from it aside from just like how cool fucking like Obi's dad is <laughs> but um just like the thing about Obi is, which has been mentioned on broadcast and during the draft, he had a late growth spurt. You know what I mean? He had like kind of a, a super unorthodox uh, route to getting to Dayton. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But from what I get from everything about him, his like he's got an unbridled kind of enthusiasm that's like childlike. You know what I mean? Like, and from that, it's just like he struck like no shots at Obi. This is like a regular kind of occurrence, but like he struggled as a student because like he didn't really see school for himself is what this article said. You know what I mean? Cause he was just so much like, um, focus on hooping. And then now he's literally just going to be paid full time to just hoop all the time, work on his game and the kind of vigor enthusiasm that he like sees the game of basketball with, that's going to end up being a major reason why he might see like that substantial, like increase year to year. You know what I mean? Like I expect next season, I feel like a tra- a traditional offseason, you know, knock on wood, post-COVID vaccine, you know what I mean? Everything's back to normal. I think we could see Obi make the, a huge jump next season going into his age 23 season, you know what I mean? Just given the type of profile he has and, like, what you had mentioned about just, like, uh, the kind of projections people see for Obi, you know what I mean? Like, but um, let's just go back to the game, though, real quick. I mean, what, what, what kind of, like, real kind of takeaways did you have just based on, like, not just yesterday's game, but just, like, how Obi's been playing in the preseason so far you know what i mean and how does that kind of um you know a, a me- a mesh with your um you know b- perception of ob going into the draft or coming out of the draft i think i think he can be very <clears throat> successful as long as he continues to cut the proper way which we've seen him doing a number of times because we see quickly and it's another thing about iq he's able to kind of drive the the plays himself we see him being very active to get guys moving and Toppin's one of those guys, if he's moving, he's gonna get the ball in an alley. And we've seen we've seen it with with quickly. We've seen RJ that one play where he had that fucking crazy nice dunk. It was a, people call it a Statue of Liberty dunk, and that came off a night mm. cut. Um and he 
you know, there are a couple of shots where, again, back to quickly, giving him the wide open three point shot. If he's getting that open shot, he has to take it. And I know last game there were one or two situations where he had the shot, he should have taken it, but he ended up either driving in or giving up the ball. So, you know, things like that are not going to be difficult to learn or understand because if anything we know about tips that he loves watching film uh, either himself or the yeah. team so he's going to point that out to top he's like yo if he got that much space you take the shot and i think we've seen enough shots from topping where it's not you know a worry that he's not going to be able to drop it i think he's going to have a respectable shot and if he's able to work on his game a little bit more he can he can fake guys out drive in and then dunk it on guys so I like what I'm seeing. He's making a couple of smart passes. He's doing, for the most part, everything right. You know, obviously, a couple of things not not doing well. I feel like there are certain situations you wanna you wanna discuss or something that you noticed particularly. I mean, I feel like the easy thing that a lot of Knicks fans are pointing out, and rightfully so, is just like his passing. You know what I mean? Like it's blowing me away how good of a passer he is. Like the reads he's making. Like yesterday, last night, he had like some crazy like um, cross court to the corner pass to Knox for wide open three. You know what I mean? Yo, that shit was sexy. You know what I mean? Like we're seeing that from a rookie, and those are the type of reads that like that are like advanced. You know what I mean? And a lot of times you could tell just because of like how skinny he is that he'll get pushed around. You know what I mean? A lot of times he'll use his athleticism to make up for that. Like when he's getting into paint, he's getting pushed around, and like a lot of these passes he makes, like he's jumping in the air, contorting himself to make that pass, and that's a rare skill in itself. So like as he gets uh, like builds up his strength, you know what I mean? these reads that he's making are going to be easier to make just off the strength of the fact that like he'll be able to make them around as opposed to like having to like contort himself and athletically make the pass. You know what I mean? And another note I want to say with that is like the reads himself, like I made this in a previous episode, sometimes he'll get picked off or whatever, but he's making those right passes just about putting mm-hmm. like the right juice on them. You know what I mean? And like getting used to NBA length, NBA defenses, you know what I mean? Because he played at Dayton, he played the five, and he's playing against like mid-major schools with like dudes that are gonna end up being accountants and fucking CPAs and mechanical engineers or whatever. <laughs> you know what I mean? So he's just like passing over the top of their their head top. You know what I mean? They'd be like five ten. You know what I mean? Like obviously I'm exaggerating. I, I didn't watch Dayton like that, but like just you look at their schedule. Not anybody has. <laughs> I mean, I'm glad you said it on me, but like, yeah, that's basically the point. You know what I mean? So the raised competition level is gonna have to have Ob raise his game like. Like, duh, like it's gonna happen with every college kid, but like what we're seeing so far from Obi, I'm encouraged. You know what I mean? And like, you know, going back to the biggest kind of elephant in the room, a lot of people had a hate, a lot of like skepticism about Obi just because of his defense. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. For what I've seen so far, I don't know about you, but from what I've seen so far of his defense, it's workable. Like, you could work with it. You know what I mean? Uh, and like, you could play around his weakness, but it doesn't look completely trash so far. I don't know what you think. What's your kind of gauge of his defense so far? I think it's definitely encouraging to see. Uh, I don't think he's been. Exp- I don't think his lack of defensive, uh, you know, potential has been exploited yet. Um, I'm trying to see who they play. I'm trying to see their schedule, uh, who they have their first couple of games, because I think, you know, a lot of what we're saying is obviously dependent on who they're playing, and they haven't been playing strong teams. Shoot, all right, let me try to find the schedule. Uh, hold up. All right, so their first game. Can you still hear me? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> because their their first game, the first couple of games are gonna be very tough. They got Indiana first next Wednesday. They got Philly, you know, a couple of days after, and then they got Milwaukee. So 
you know, I think defensively he's been okay, but I think he hasn't been quite tested just yet. Uh, in, when the Cavs are playing, he didn't have, there was no Kevin Love for him to chase around. Um, mm-hmm. He didn't have to guard Drummond. Drummond wasn't guarding him. And, um, you know, I just don't think he's been tested yet for us to quite know how bad, like how well of a defender he could be, but we didn't say anything bad. So, yeah. And the biggest takeaway from his defense so far, like it's, you know, it's just like the fact that he's putting in effort. You know what I mean? So, like, that tells me that a lot of the issues going into the season and his career is just going to come down to like awareness. That awareness can be, can be like, you could tap into increasing his awareness as a defender with coaching. We got Tom Thibodeau, we got Kenny Payne as the big man coach. You know what I mean? So I think, the, I think you know what I mean. Like I don't, I don't want to speak too soon. It's the preseason after like the most like unorthodox off season ever. You know what I mean? So like I don't want to say like yo, I'm confident how defense will improve, but I'm encouraged by what I've seen so far. You know what I mean? I think we're all on the same page with that. Good point you made though about the schedule coming up. I think it's gonna be like both like for all the young players, it's gonna be a perfect test. You know what I mean? Like so uh, increased competition level, like what you said, Indiana, Philly, Milwaukee. Like it's like it's literally getting harder and harder as we progress into the season. And that's like it's perfect prime opportunity to see whether IQ is legit, you know what I mean? Whether Knox's improvement is legit, you know what I mean? And, and we'll see how the rotation shakes out because I did think it was interesting. We had a lot of like people like sat last night. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. uh, Peyton, Frank, Noel. yada yada yada. Noel, Austin Rivers been out. Um, did you, let me ask you this? Like, is this gonna delve into the conspiracy theory side of things? But like, you thought? Did you think all them like benchings were legitimately for injury reasons, or is it because I'm thinking it's because like the coaches wanted to see what they had in the young kids? You know what I mean? And tried to use this as an opportunity to see whether you know they could keep it up. What do you think? You think it was legit, or you think it's it's exactly what I kind of just laid out? I think Franks is legit. Unfortunately, mm-hmm. I think Austin Rivers is legit. I think if anyone's isn't legit, it might be Nerlens Noel because they might be expecting big minutes from him, and they mm-hmm. want to give him some rest. So, and what about Peyton, you know what I mean? Peyton. Maybe Tibbs Tibbs wanted to see what the lineup would look like when you literally separate Peyton from Randall. <laughs> they both just staring longingly at each other last night in between timeouts. It's like, yeah, I wish he was here. <laughs> <laughs> uh, nah, I, yeah, I think if anything, Peyton and and Noel um, weren't actually legit. I, we didn't see anything from the previous game where it looked like they could have gotten injured. Not mm-hmm. enough time elapsed for them to get injured during, you know, uh, practice or anything like that. But I think Peyton's might be chalked up to your conspiracy theory, might be. But I think Noel is more so of a rest kind of thing. Yeah. No, yeah, just want to just, just on my mind because like it just seemed like out the blue, like yo, half the team is sitting. Like, the hell? Okay, like, it, it might just... also have been a chance to give some of the uh, unknowns more time to play. So I mean, Iggy, yeah. played two, three games. Noel played two, three games, but then we finally saw Iggy play seventeen minutes, one point. I was hoping he score a little bit more, but um, we saw we saw we saw pretty much everyone. Jared Harper, we've seen, we saw yeah. Ron Powell, we saw Tio. We saw basically everybody get to play. I think you know that's one of the reasons because this was the last preseason game. Some of these guys, some of these guys are trying to make the roster. Yeah, Dennis didn't play either. You know, um, yeah. I don't know what happened with him. Did they say it was like a hamstring or something like that? Yeah, so I think that was like I don't know if we want to stick on and talk about uh, those minor minor kind of players, but why not? We're Knicks fans, right? We got to read into things, over reading things. But I like what I saw from Harper. You know what I mean, on that note, you know, um, I definitely. I don't know. I feel like I felt more comfortable with Harper in the game than I have 
with DSJ in the game these last two games. You know what I mean? Just because it felt like Harper knew what he was doing and DSJ was just like in his own head. You know what I mean? Like he's, you could see him like shout out to the MBK homies. I think Isaiah said on the last uh, uh, stream that uh, Sim had that uh, you could literally see Dennis thinking the game when he's in the game. You know what I mean? It's like, like it's literally like I don't want to be mean, but it's just like when you put like a fucking algebra equation in front of like a, a kid that got left back twice, you see, you see how fucking hard like the look on his face. He's struggling to like, what the fuck? Solve for why? What the fuck is why? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, it just seems like that's how Dennis looks when he plays. You know what I mean? I didn't see that from Harper, though. You know what I mean? It just seemed natural to him. You know what I mean? Yeah, he's he's reacting and he's not thinking. That's exactly. the problem. That's, like, Harper was being a player. He was being a point guard. And Dennis Smith Jr., for some reason, can't seem to put it together, at least offensively. I don't, I don't, I think we might even be giving it too much credit on the defense for my, for my tip, for my own personal, like, feelings but i think uh too much credit to dsj on defense we're getting we, yeah he played well defensively but i think where we can't be like yeah he's he's getting up to frank's level like i, I don't there should be no comparison between Dennis Smith jr and frank nilakina on the defensive end at all yeah i think people are just happy because like, we never seen this kind of defensive energy from dennis consistently enough you know what i mean but the thing about that is though it's just like i do kind of think it's getting overrated just because you notice dsj really picks up his defensive intensity only really after he fucked up on offense, you know what I mean? It shouldn't really be like that, you know what I mean? You should be bringing that energy off rip, but not just like after you make some bonehead plays and you see the coach glaring at you, it's like, yo, okay, I got I to gotta D up now so I don't get, like, benched, you know what I mean? Like, it can't be like that. It's got to be like, yo, regardless of what happens on offense, come in with the energy on defense, you know what I mean? So I, I, I'm with you on that. It's like DSA's defense has been kind of overrated in that regard. Yeah. Um, I think we're going to wrap up this episode of Nickish, and I think this could end up being the last episode of this season. Hey. I don't know. We'll see. But um, for we're everyone, gonna our, we're going to do our man Iggy like this, though, bro. Like, our man right. Iggy got some playing time. He ain't got no six, yeah, he ain't got no extensive scouting yeah. report on, on, yeah. on the. We got a couple <laughs> of great uh, a point. He was on the court. Iggy, <laughs> he saw the court. He was on the court. Um, Took a took a couple of shots and uh, that's about it. Yeah, I mean, my my thing about uh, just like wanting to kind of stick on Iggy for a bit is just like there seems to be a lot of angst amongst the Knicks fans, especially online, that like yo Iggy's gonna be the prompt candidate to be cut, especially for like somebody like MKG. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So you know, watching Iggy play yesterday, it was encouraging to seeing him on the court. Um, and he. I don't know, bro. It just seems like he needs a little bit more seasoning. He just seems slow. Like, I don't know if that's just me looking at him as a white guy playing the playing in the NBA. You know what I mean? But you see his <laughs> You know what I mean? I don't know. Maybe it's his unconscious bias, but I don't know. He just seems slow to me. But yeah. I think I about- think he was just so nervous because he's he'd always be at the end of the bench in every game. And he'd yeah. always think that all right, this might be the night. This might be the night. And then Coach looked at him like, fuck. <laughs> this is the time. Yeah. What about uh, Miles Powell to close this out? You know what I mean? Big, big yeah, kind I mean, of flashy Exhibit 10 signing we had. I mean, I, I don't think he played too much, right? I think he played. Um, hold on. Get a cup of coffee. Huh? Huh? Get a cup of coffee in the game. <laughs> he played He played six minutes, uh, you know, two points, assist. He took four shots, made one. Not bad. I just don't think it's you know six six minutes just isn't enough time. But I know he's he's definitely a player that a lot of P 
people online are hoping can make it on the final roster because he has potential and because he played really well in college. But I think Harper definitely out outperformed him. But that's all. That's that can also be credit to just playing more minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that's my biggest takeaway. I'm pleasantly surprised by Harper. I never really seen him play. Just like read his scouting reports. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think we we touched on all the kids we needed to touch on. Unless you had some nope. elite, you know, takes about um, I don't know what's a random vet we got on our roster right now. Theo Pinson. Oh, uh, honestly, I like Theo. You know what I mean, like I thought he was just that dancing ass motherfucker that like every team would want to have on their bench to like for team camaraderie and morale. You know what I mean? But he got some game to him. You know what I mean? Like made some nice passes. You know what I mean? Um, made the right reads. Um, didn't do anything crazy stupid. So I like that about an end of bench player. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> all right. Anyway. Um, Damn, son. Disrespectful to Theo. <laughs> he's all right. He's all right. No, no, no disrespect to him. I just don't have much to say about him. Um, we do have an upcoming podcast coming up, or at least we're going to be on – uh, we're expecting to be on the Bengalis of New York podcast this week, so definitely look out for that. We're excited to join um, their show. Uh, it's going to be exciting. And season three kind of coincides with the start of the NBA season, so whenever we drop our first podcast after the season starts, which is next Wednesday, that'll be the start of our of our Nickish season three. So that's very exciting. Um, and you know, we appreciate everyone who's been listening to us for the past couple of years as we move forward to the next stage of this podcast. Um, Nickish at night, you know, was moved to Thursdays and due to Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve, we're, we're going to skip out on that show. We want to make sure everyone gets time to enjoy and not, you know, piss off their families because they're trying to watch our show on live on Sportscaster on Christmas Eve and New Year's Eve. Um, and yeah, I think that's, that's pretty much all the updates we got, right? Uh, yeah. I mean, I guess, Definitely check out our appearance on the Magaz in New York. I mean, uh, podcast coming up. Um, they got a Instagram account too. Yeah, y'all, y'all should definitely follow them. And uh, yeah, tune in because, from what I could tell, we're just, uh, we're gonna get real personal and get to talk about our deepest, darkest secrets. No, I'm, I'm playing. I'm playing. It'll be a fun. It'll be a fun conversation. I think. Um, yeah. last thing I want to leave up with is you saw Knox at the post game yesterday, like with Rebecca Harlow. She's trying to like find call her. him. He gonna find her. But what was funny is she's calling Kevin Kevin and he doesn't know where it's coming from and he says shut up because <laughs> he thought somebody was saying yeah, yeah. <laughs> <Yo. laughs> That's fucking funny. She's like, yo, up here. I'm right now. He's like, oh, she's right there. <laughs> yo, yo, Nog's dead ass. Yo, shut up, <laughs> <laughs> bro. You know what? Let's let's just chalk that up to something. Nox needs to improve on situational awareness, nah, man, spatial, I, spatial I, I awareness. That energy, keep bringing that energy, Kev. <laughs> nah, bro, you need to know uh, wh- where you are at all times on the court. You know what I mean? You need to know what's happening on the court at all times. That's she's awareness. Court, right she's like on the risers at the top. She's like in the three hundred seats. Well, that is that just tells me Knox would not thrive in a malice at the palace situation. You never know. You know what I mean? Fan coming from the stands. I don't think any of our guys. I don't think any of our guys would. Um, we got. I think, we, I, I think RJ would put somebody in the head. Maybe RJ. 
Yeah, I think RJ would whoop some ass, but yeah, you know what I mean. Just wanted to end on that lighthearted note because it was funny as shit. <laughs> all right, guys, make sure you subscribe to all of our podcasting platforms heavily on Spotify and iTunes and or Apple Podcasts rather. And uh, make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Nickish Show. Make sure you check out our affiliate Nothing But Nicks on all podcasting platforms and YouTube and Sportscaster. And, you know, until next time, we appreciate you guys taking the time and listening to our podcast this uh, this Saturday morning. Uh, you know, we hope you guys have a safe weekend. 